Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. On this week's episode of the podcast, I get a little trashy with Drew as I talk about one of the greatest soccer players of all time and his rather sordid personal life. Getting getting down and dirty. Oh, we're about to get tabloid up in this thing. Buckle up. This is Deadball Brothers. Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a still healthy dose of stupidity, baby. Yes, so much stupid. And so much health. And that's really all you could ask for. That's all you really need out of a podcast. That's all you need. And this podcast is brought to you by Blue Chew and BetOnline.ag. And as always, we are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, brought to you by everybody's most favorite freelance soccer writer, Adam Whitaker Snavely, joined, as always, by my real-life brother, Drew Snavely. And soccer is back, baby. Soccer is back. I mean, I guess it never really went some, away yeah, in some aspects. I mean, Belarus was always still there, you know? Hey, they are the trailblazers. Everybody like thought that it was going to... That is like Portland. That Sorry. it was going to end well for them, and the cat's still out of the bag on that one. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. It's not. Uh, hoping for the best, but expecting the, the worst. Yes. <laughs> In how I live my life. <laughs> but yes, we did get. We got. Um, we got the return of the Bundesliga, and in a less heralded move, also we have the return of the K League, the Korean Soccer League, oh, and I only know is. that. Because one of the teams, FC Seoul, got in trouble because they were putting mannequins in their stands to like simulate fans. But it turns out the mannequins that they use were actually sex dolls. Did you say simulate or stimulate? Well, <laughs> who's to know? <laughs> who's to say? They were, oh they were a little bit negligent in their, uh, in their checking of these dolls to make sure that they weren't, in fact... Sex dolls. Is that what they're going with? That's, That's the that, story? That is the, the, the argument that they're sticking with. Oh, we just found all these, all these mannequins. All these exclusively female, completely made up, large-bosomed mannequins. So weird, man. Oh, well, that is very you know, strange. What can you say? But we did get the Bundesliga back. We did, and Holland is still banging in goals. Dude, Julian Brandt was a madman. Oh, man, it was good to see. It, it was good to see. It looked like Schalke had never played soccer before together. Ooh, yeah, that was a rough game. It was, it was a rough game from everybody on their team, Weston McKinney included. Uh, it, was, it was It was. just not good. Yeah. It was not- some, some bad performances being turned in. Uh, but as a Dortmund fan, it, it made me very happy to see uh, Julian Brandt do so well. Obviously, you had the Holland goal. Torgan Hazard looked like the good Hazard. Gio Reyna getting injured in warm-ups. Gio Reyna getting injured in warm-ups. God. Really sad. What can it, is, it was very weird watching the game with no fans. I know that a lot of people have said it, and so we don't have to like really stay on it. I think everybody kind of universally agrees that it's weird yeah. watching games without fans. What I kind of noticed that I didn't necessarily notice before that I thought was interesting was how the ball sounds when it's being kicked in an empty stadium it's like this like 
it sounds like a concrete beach ball going everywhere yeah it's crazy it's yeah. like it's a nut sound i thought it was funny uh the dortmund players went over to like the empty stand where the yeah, yellow wall usually saw that yeah the yellow wall usually is and they were like clapping and dancing around to the empty stand it was I funny that was funny there's also this this like wild picture of julian brandt who was like getting interviewed but the interviewer it's like so it's like julian brandt and there's a bunch of like camera guys that are like a couple feet away from him that have the cameras and there's this big long stick that a mic is attached to that's like <laughs> 10 feet away and up above him is the actual interviewer with another mic and oh a mask gosh. and everybody's wearing masks and stuff and I was like this seems like it's going to be a picture that will probably be used again in the future. <laughs> yeah seriously. Oh uh, man. So it weird. weird. It, it was very weird. It was Again, the jury's still out on whether this is a good idea or a bad idea. But we don't really know either way. We don't. And I I will say that it was just like such a breath of fresh air to see live sport. What do you mean? We've been uh, watching the the last dance for the last 10 weeks, right? Speak for yourself. I don't have cable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and I, I know how all those games end. Like, you know, like yeah. there's something like I I get it. Like the live sports and like the reruns sports are like kind of like this placebo, not a placebo, a band-aid, I guess is the word that I'm trying to say for people that miss sports and want sports back. But it's not the same if I know what happens. Yeah, it's just it's not. True. It is true. Like I and and I know that people are like, oh, like, I can't stand this empty stadium, like, thing. Like, it makes for such a weird viewing experience. But, like, I, I, I'm an American soccer fan, baby. We, we follow 14-year-old prospects in their, like, U15 national team games when there's no fans around all the time. Like, I don't understand what the problem yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just want to see a game where I don't know the result. I want to be surprised. I want to be delighted. I want to... Mm be shocked and amazed by the elegance and uh, ugliness that I see on the field. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that game because I'm pretty sure it was boring for everybody else. What are you talking about, dude? (laughs) 4-0. We were banging in some hype goals. It was just so... beautiful goals. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe it was just the pace of the game. It just... It wasn't the most entertaining from a neutral perspective, you know. Sorry about it. But, you know, hey, kudos to you. Kudos Sorry to you don't appreciate excellence. <laughs> should expect that from a Manchester United fan. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we have to fight for our wins now, so. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> oh, Drew. Yes, you have a story for me. I do have a story for you. And it's a, it's a saucy one. Yeah, you said uh, nasty was, was the term that you was the term that you used. It was, as the train rolls by As the, the train distance. rolls by in the distance. <laughs> Yes. You know, America might be shut down, but these trains have never stopped. (laughs) Routinely waking me up at 2 a.m. Every single night. (laughs) Clockwork. Yes. Drew, I'm going to put it to you simple. We're talking about Diego Maradona today on the podcast. Oh, okay. And um, this is not the first time that we have talked about Diego Maradona on the podcast. I believe your exact quote from one of those times we talked about him was, oh, what, are we just going to pretend Diego Maradona is a good guy now? Yeah. <laughs> I did say that. Those were those were my words. Which was a, which was a hot, maybe not a hot take, but a, a hot statement to make. The, uh, the infamous. He is, um, 
an anti-hero. He, he's like somebody who's, who's so good at the game, who was so good at the game, that you have to like respect that and like recognize that brilliance. But also at the same time, it's like, man, this dude sucks. Yeah, like the off-field stuff. Yeah. And like all the things, just, just all the extra things that happened. Yeah. And it's like, how do you separate the off-field stuff from the player? Because at a certain level, you can't. Yeah. You yeah. just cannot. No. Um, and we see that with, with stars all the time. I mean, we see that with, uh, did you see the, the Callum Hudson Adoy news? No. What happened with oh, him? Oh, okay. So this was like two days ago now. Um, but Callum Hudson Adoy was arrested. And uh, there was a woman that accused him of rape. Oh. Um, so that's that's still like a a very early developing story. Well, that's pretty terrible. Yeah. So that's so, so that's like like if these things wind their way through whatever authorities and and people in decision making processes, and they are turning out to be true, then like suddenly you can't really separate yeah. the player on the field from the player oh, who's yeah, off-field yeah. actions. De- definitely, definitely. Um, so what we're talking about today isn't isn't that. Um, I believe any and all acts that occurred in this were consensual. So hooray yeah. for that. Kudos to you, um, Mr. More just Yeah, so, so more, just, uh, more, more just tabloid fodder. Fodder kind of kind of thing. Um, we all know Diego Maradona. Yeah. If you are sitting around or working out or driving to and from work or whatever you're doing when you choose to listen to this podcast of that is coming from two dummies as they talk about the most obscure soccer soccer topics we can think of, you almost certainly know who Diego Maradona is. Yeah. We're we're some soccer nerds here. Yeah. <clears throat> but. I do know that there are a couple people who have listened or steadily listened to this podcast who are not soccer fans at all, and they simply enjoy the storytelling and the witty banter. Oh, so witty. Or, so much wit. Or banter, as the French say. <laughs> I'm sure they say that. Yeah, because French don't, pr- they, they don't have the, um, they don't pronounce the t sound in T's. It's always uh, like buffet, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly like that. Exactly. Good 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 explanation. Yes. So, here are the quick and dirty Diego Maradona facts about his playing career. Diego Maradona is often discussed as one of the greatest soccer players ever, if not the greatest soccer player ever. It was often a two-horse race between him and Pele for the GOAT conversation before Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo entered the discussion in the last decade with a little bit of Johan Cruyff sprinkled in here and there. Like, you always get that one person who was like, Johan Cruyff! Cruyff was the best player ever! Cruyff turn! Yeah, I mean, he was really, really good. But, like, shut the fuck up. Um, And that's that's that. Uh, Diego Maradona won the World Cup with Argentina in 1986 and also won the Golden Ball as the best overall player of that tournament, the Silver Shoe for second most goals in that tournament, and had the most assists in that tournament. It was a really, really good tournament yeah. for Diego Maradona. Yeah. Uh, he was renowned for his ingenuity and his lightning-quick dribbling, including two of the most famous soccer goals of all time in one game. One where he keeps the ball himself and manages to dribble past five England defenders before scoring. And another where he punches the ball into the back of the net with his hand. Yes. Which 
as you know, if you know soccer at all, one of the most famous rules of soccer is that you can't use your hands. Notorious, it's notoriously known as the hand of God. The hand of God goal. The hand of God goal. Uh, from the referee's angle, I suppose it could be possible that they didn't see him actually hit it with his hand and it looked like he hit it with his head. But yeah, that's, that's one of the most famous goals of all time and it is called the hand of God. Uh, he also won titles with Boca Juniors, Barcelona, and Napoli in addition to a bevy of individual awards and honors throughout the 80s and 90s. So I kind of broke it down with like the people who dominated soccer in all these decades. Yeah. If soccer belonged to Pele in the 60s and maybe like the early 70s, and then in the bulk of the 70s, that was kind of like prime Cruyffiers, the 80s were all about Maradona. Yeah. Like the 80s were his and his alone. Uh, and that hand of God moniker for that goal, it stuck because for many people, Maradona was basically a God. Yeah. Like, that's, deity. That is, that is how good Maradona was at soccer. He was kind of like, he, he reached that like Michael Jordan status yeah. of like otherworldliness. And like a country that takes soccer as seriously as Argentina, where it is like, uh, Christianity <laughs> and then soccer like right next to each other constantly <laughs> fighting for that number one spot like maradona was absolutely worshipped in his country absolutely of course maradona is just as well known for his behavior and antics off the field as he was for his play he struggled for decades with drug and alcohol abuse as well as obesity when his playing days were coming to an end he lived a hard partying life of excess and fame, um, and his ignominious, which is a great word. Oh, wow. His yeah. ignominious exit from international soccer famously occurred in the 1994 World Cup in the United States when, after a first game and opening goal against Greece, uh, he was subsequently drug tested and found to have severe levels of epinephrine. In his bloodstream, which is commonly used to performance enhance, basically. Yes. Yes. Uh, and we're not talking about like Cialis. Or Blue Chew. <laughs> or Blue Chew. We're talking about running harder and faster than you might be able to do at 1994 uh, when, you know, you are getting up there in years, basically. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the next game against Nigeria, he has his his kid on he has a stuff on and it is passed down that he is banned like halfway through all these warm-ups and like all this stuff yeah and fifa officials come and usher him off the field yeah. in his gear <laughs> that's the way that his international career ended yes which is that's kind of wild like it's, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty un it's unfortunate you know uh, but I mean, you only have yourself to blame at that point. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, he lived a hard partying life of excess and fame. That's not to say that other players didn't live similar lifestyles like Pele, who was well known to be a party animal himself. It's just to say that Maradona's fall from the best soccer player in the world to kind of a punchline in the soccer community was precipitous yes. to say the least. Yes. In the midst of all that, however, was Diego's family and also the family that he never intended to be his family. Oh. The rumors of Diego Maradona's children, both legitimate and illegitimate, have swirled for a long time now. And like a Greek god whose dalliances with the mere mortals around him are eventually brought to light, 
Maradona seemed to keep having more and more children copping up from the places where he played. <laughs> now, Maradona has had, to my best estimate, three children whom one could say were legitimate. Air quotes. Yes. Legitimate. Or at least that were Maradona's children and that he recognized as his children from the moment of their birth. Okay. In 1984, Maradona married Claudia Villafagne, whom he had been dating for some years before. Uh, Maradona and Villafagne were married for 20 years before divorcing in 2004. So 1984 wow. to 2004, they were married. The couple had two children together, two daughters, Dalma and Giannina. Both women are now in their 30s. In addition to these two children, in 2013, Maradona's longtime girlfriend, Veronica Ojeda, gave birth to a son named Diego. Maradona and Ojeda split up shortly after the birth of his son, and while he dated former soccer player Rocky Oliva for several years afterwards, despite her being 30 years younger than he was, yeah. the two never had any children. They broke up in 2018, at which point Oliva sued Maradona. Uh, not really sure why, just that he owed her money for some reason, but for somewhere between 6 and $9 million. Oh, wow. So... Two daughters in their 30s, and then one son, who is now seven or eight years old. Yeah. Currently, what we're starting at as far as the legitimate child Maradona count. But there was plenty more kids where that came from. Thank you, listener, so, so, so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. And we also would like to thank our two sponsors for today's podcast. First off, we have Blue Chew. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. And we'd also like to thank our other returning sponsor, BetOnline.ag. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, BetOnline. NASCAR is back, and BetOnline has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. Also, coming up next Sunday, BetOnline has ex-Chicago Bulls players Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Again, thank you so much to Blue Chew and to Bet Online, and thank you to you guys for listening to leaving reviews and ratings and all that stuff. And I believe we are actually going to read out a listener review. Drew, would you like to uh, take us away on that? Yeah, yeah, of course. We got a review from Real Will Higgins. He said, 
exercises in stupidity. <laughs> Which got us. You, you, you got, got us. us. Does this podcast cure cancer? Maybe. Does it cure coronavirus? Probably. Does it cure boredom? Without a doubt. Will, I well thank you first of all for this thank you. fantastic review. Um, I don't think that we can legally say that we cure all those things. But we also aren't saying that we do not cure those things. So you, you really just never know. Yeah, just uh, make your own decisions. Yeah. I would also like to point out that uh, that is a five-star review that takes our total reviews to 48. Yes. 48 five-star reviews. We're looking to break 50. We're looking for our 50th review here. 50 and 50. Yeah. Because we're coming up on our 50th episode. We are episode. coming up on our 50th episode. If we can get our 50th review by our 50th episode, that'd actually be super dope. That'd be cool. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, and if you want to support us in a way that is easy, simple, free of cost to you, you could always leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps our podcast get seen by more people. And the more people that see it slash download it, the more uh, visible the podcast becomes in the charts with the algorithms and the way that these things work. So leaving a rating, leaving a review really, really helps us out. If you want to further support our podcast, we have socials that we'll shout out at the end of the podcast as well as a Teespring store with some podcast merch that the link to will be in the description below. But for right now, I think we should get back to the story. back for the second half of this podcast adam diego maradona had a lot of kids has a lot of kids drew diego maradona has a lot of kids and i feel like we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty of it we're gonna discover some new kids okay that's what i'm saying kind of like columbus discovered the new world it was always there before but uh we just realized it yeah yeah, I guess. And minus, like, all the atrocities. Yeah, that, minus the atrocities, definitely. Yeah. There's there's 0% atrocities in this one. As couldn't as just brush over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, couldn't just throw out a Chris Columbus reference like that without uh, mentioning I, the... This is an anti-atrocity podcast. Yeah, yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Now, Diego Maradona's public amorous relationships, while they had a tendency to be as tumultuous as the rest of his life, only produced three children. But that didn't mean that was all. In 1986, while playing for Napoli, Maradona had a brief affair with an Italian woman named Cristiana Sinagra. Excuse me. For those of you keeping score, that would be a year and a half after he got married to Claudia Viafagne. So, yeah. I mean... So, yeah. So, when so, you say affair, it's, a, it's, it's just kind of like... A, yeah, it's a standard you know, affair. Yeah, yeah. A pretty standard affair. Yeah. In September of 86, Cristiana Sinagra gave birth to a son, whom she named... Diego Die- Armando Maradona. Okay. Right. <laughs> How many Diegos are there? <laughs> oh, well, that's the third one we've talked about. Oh, gosh. Diego Maradona disputed that this new Diego was actually his son, despite the fact that Cristiana actually named him Diego Maradona Sinacra and was interviewed by television stations since news had spread that Maradona had a kid, and the kid was Italian. It was kind of a big deal, because Maradona was the best player in the world. A court dispute over the baby's paternity status followed, and was eventually settled in 1993, when Maradona refused to submit to a paternity test. 
The Italian court ruled that the boy was his son by default. It's kind of like a breathalyzer. Oh. Like, if you don't take the breathalyzer test, then you're automatically drunk. Like, yeah. that's, that's how the law works in the United States. They're like, well, you didn't take the paternity test, so you're automatically the dad. Um, and Mad- Maradona. Madonna. <laughs> two greats. Yeah, two greats. <laughs> <laughs> and Maradona had to start making child support payments. Even after this conclusion, though, Maradona publicly did not recognize the boy as his son, even when asked about him by reporters and news outlets. Kind of messed up. Yeah, it sucks. That finally changed in 2003, when the elder Diego was playing in a celebrity charity golf tournament in Italy. Diego Sinagra, now a teenager, snuck past security onto the golf course and eventually wandered around and found Maradona while he was playing golf, ran out onto the fairway to confront him. The two reportedly talked for 40 minutes in the middle of this golf fairway in the middle of a tournament. Yeah. Uh, and reportedly embraced. Huh. The uh, Sorry. During this his divorce settlement with Claudia Viafagne a year or so later, because it was only about a year later that uh, these divorce proceedings like yeah. concluded and they actually got divorced, Maradona publicly stated that Diego Sinagro was his son. So ah. he did finally recognize him as his son. Sinagro was actually a soccer player who was good enough to play for Italy's U-17s at oh, one wow. time. Uh, but he never really panned out as a professional. He currently still plays for ASD San Giorgio, which plays in Italy's fifth tier. Okay. So, so. Not, not too hot. I can't really speak to the quality of the fifth tier. Of Italy? I, of Italy? I, I don't really know. Uh, all I know is that it's probably not as good as, like, the first tier. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would so, say so. Yeah. I think, I think you could probably say that. So, Diego Sanaga is Maradona's eldest known child. Yes. Back home in Argentina, Maradona's two daughters were conceived and born in relatively quick succession after Diego Sinagra's birth in Italy. Then, all was quiet on the childbearing front for several years until 1996, when a girl named, I, I don't know if it's Yana or Jana, I'm not sure how they pronounce what it. What country? The J here. Argenti- Argentina. Oh, okay. She's Argentine. So Probably. Yana? Yana? Jana? I don't know. I don't I know. guess it depends on if her parents were it, Argentinian it as literally, well. It literally just depends on how their parents pronounced it. Yeah. I'm going to go with Yana for now and we'll okay. see what happens. Yeah, yeah, Yana was born to an Argentine bar worker named Valeria Sabalain, who claimed Maradona was the father. Again, Maradona denied it. <laughs> I don't think a protracted court battle followed this time, but eventually Maradona came around on his own. Uh, Maradona and Yana did not become acquainted with each other until she was 18 years old, but reportedly have grown close over the last several years. Um, and Yana has posted several pictures of herself with Diego on Instagram. If you visit Yana Maradona's Instagram, um, the I, I kind of scrolled through it because I was looking for pictures of Diego, which I found. The beginning of it is kind of normal, but the farther you go, there was like this phase where she was trying to be a lingerie model. So oh, some of the photos weird. are like a little risque, just so, huh. just so you know, if you decide to do that yourself. Um, so in order right now, we have Diego, Dalma, Giannina, Yana, and then 
smaller Diego. Yes, little Diego. So there's two Diego Juniors, basically. Yes, is what we're trying to say. The number of five children would come into doubt as the concrete number of Maradonas that there were in 2018. Okay. So skipped a few years. Ooh, right up to yeah. the present here. Yeah. After Maradona's lawyer, Matias Morla, was asked by a television interviewer, somewhat jokingly, if any more Maradona children would pop up. Morla gave a shockingly candid response. I'm worried about Cuba. Oh. The interviewer replied, a Cuban boy? And Morla, again, surprised with his response when he said, hopefully just one. Oh my gosh. A real vote of confidence. Yes. <laughs> uh, from your lawyer there. Yeah. Between 2000 and 2005, Diego Maradona spent multiple long stints in Cuba while checked into a rehab facility on the island. His cocaine addiction had caught up with him at the time, and his he had also ballooned in weight. Actually, in 2005, he underwent gastric bypass surgery oh, because wow. he was so obese. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so the reason that he is as small as he is today is because he had to like he had to get surgery and severely diet, and he is not even like a small yeah person today. I mean, he's, he's still, still like a five. little man. Yeah, because he's yeah. only five five. Yeah, he's one of the smallest like. He's probably the smallest star soccer player ever. Yeah, kind of thing. Um, but he's like he's a, he's always he's been a bigger dude for like as far as I can remember seeing him. Yeah. But he yeah he he went through some serious like health issues with his weight. Dang. Um. But he was on Cuba specifically dealing with cocaine addiction. Um. The Cubans welcomed him happily. And during his time on the island, he actually became good friends with Fidel Castro, the communist say, leader of the country. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I have a feeling that Fidel Castro Fidel is going to sneak his Fidel way into Castro's this podcast. Fidel Castro's got to be in it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Fidel Castro and Diego Maradona. I mean... They're kicking it. It makes sense. Cuba's a small country. The best soccer player of the last 30 years comes up. It like just comes to the country and is like, yeah, like I'm I'm around. Um, and you're a small country. Why not? As yeah. a president, invite him over. Like, yeah. hey, you want to have tea and crumpets at some point? Like, sure, totally. So, yeah, they, be, they became friends. Um, in fact, the two were good enough friends that Maradona returned to Cuba in 2016, more than a decade after he had left the country, yeah. for uh, to attend Fidel Castro's funeral. Oh, wow. Um, during that time, however, some of the habits that Maradona wasn't specifically trying to kick surfaced once again. As Matias Morla put it, Diego behaved badly. I've got a lot of friends in Cuba who laugh and say Diego's children. There's going to be a lot of Maradonas, a lot, even if some people don't like it. Oh, gosh. In 2019, Maradona was due to return to Cuba and, according to Morla, accept three different Cubans as his children. What? Two girls named Joana and Lou and a boy named Javelito. Morla said in early 2019 that Maradona would do this in Havana later last year. So, like, sometime later in 2019. Yeah. Um, although I couldn't actually find any news confirming that he did return to Havana and do this. Huh. It was just news in, like, the early to middle part of last year. Uh, to her credit, Maradona's daughter, Giannina, who is one of his kids with his wife, his first wife. Yeah. Um when news of the three Cuban children broke, posted 
Just three more needed for the team of 11. You can do it on social media. <laughs> oh, my god! <laughs> Which is, like, the best response yeah. you could possibly have. It's like, so funny. <clears throat> imagine, I, okay, like... It's, like, the weirdest Christmases ever. I can't imagine, like... Randy Snavely is a saint. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I can't imagine myself being in this person's shoes and uh-huh. just discovering that my my dad had, like... Tons of other kids, eight affairs, like like <laughs> a, just a just a crap ton of other kids yeah. scattered around the world. But like, I feel like especially finding out as like a thirty year old or whatever, I'm like, what Dad am still I got it? What am I gonna do but laugh at this point? Like, yeah. I don't I don't know what else I can do oh, here. Gosh, it, it, like it, it's just kind of like a little bit mind boggling. That is crazy. Her encouragement though might not have been needed. Because Morla, in March of last year, added that there was yet another Cuban who could be a Maradona. Oh, wow. Named Harold. Harold Maradona. <laughs> I don't know if that... It is, it is spelled exactly like you spell Harold in English. I don't know if it's like Harold. Harold. I don't know. I don't know how Harold works in, in Spanish-speaking countries. Maradona was probably like, all right, listen, I'll acknowledge the kid. Like, he's my kid. I just cannot have another Diego. Like, we got too many of those <laughs> <True>. already. <laughs> there hasn't been any public statement on Harold by Maradona or Morla outside of Morla confirming that the man exists and that he has seen him himself and that, quote, he looks very similar to Maradona. <laughs> Genes are strong. Yeah, you know, like kind of a baseline. <laughs> If Harold is indeed a Maradona, that would take his total up to nine children. And rumors persist that there are still more out there. With so many potential Cuban children and his friendship with Fidel Castro, you could even say that Maradona sees the means of reproduction. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. I just had to throw that in there. Yeah, I guess like, so. Sees the means of... I just... I'm a communist meme fiend, man. That's all... That's that's my lifeblood. That's all I get through the day. Is it? That and, uh, like, my loving relationships with my close ones. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So those and then communist memes. Yeah, yeah, That's that's how I make it through. Yeah. For Morla's part, he insists that while there may be other children, there's not going to be ten more. That's (laughs) good. That's what he says. He's like, there may be more mayor donors out there, but there's not going to be like ten more. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not going to be able to to supply a whole pitch uh, of players. One of those children could be 19-year-old Santiago Lara. Okay. Who took to Argentine television last year to claim he was yet another child of Maradona. Lara's mother died of cancer a couple years after his birth, but he started to grow suspicious after seeing a boyhood photo of himself being used by a tabloid as evidence that a 10th Maradona existed. Oh, gosh. And he looks exactly like Diego Maradona, dude. Oh, Like, he was on the TV, and like... He looks so much like him. Yeah. He's got the same exact eyes. Like, if you, I'll show him a picture. Yeah. I'll show you a picture after we, after we do this. Yeah. And if you want to, listener, go look up this. Just look up Santiago Lara, L-A-R-A. Um, then Google Santiago Lara Maradona and just click on, on one of the links that says... Feeling lucky. Maradona's 10th kid. And you can find a picture of this guy. Dude, he looks he looks so much like Maradona. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's unfortunate that he's gone his whole life without like really knowing and then kind of 
But at least he can bond with the rest of his extended family that way. I was going to say, they they do share uh, that common struggle of getting Papa to to recognize them. Papa? (laughs) But can't I use your last name, Dutty? (laughs) Uh, So, we may never know exactly how many children Diego Maradona actually has had over the course of his lifetime. But what we do know is that the dream of an all-Maradona 11 is still very much alive. Very much alive. Oh, man. Some sources for that. Uh, Sports Illustrated, uh, BBC, The Independent Ireland, and also The Mirror, because uh, we had to get a little trashy on this one. A little tabloidy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> there was Definitely. also a Sun article that I briefly looked at, but I was like, I'm not taking any information from the Sun just off of principle. You probably got a disease just clicking on. That's true. I should check my link from just there. Run some, just run some virus diagnostics on my computer. Yeah, you should You should totally do that. Oh, somebody was like, the Sun like declared like like tens of millions of dollars in losses because of coronavirus, and I retweeted it, and it just said the universe is healing. Yes. <laughs> We're the virus. We are the virus. <laughs> we are the virus. The earth is oh, healing. Gosh. I'm I'm curious, uh, do you know which one of Maradona's daughters is the mother of Sergio Aguero's son? What? Did you not know that? No, I didn't know that. So Sergio Aguero was married to one of Diego Maradona's daughter and they had a son. They've since divorced or separated, um, but Literally, this kid, his grandfather is Diego Maradona, and his father is Sergio Aguero, and so there are just like all these. It's pretty decent. All the, <laughs> pretty decent, but like a ton of pressure on that kid. That's true. <laughs> it's like that's true. You have like two of like the greatest goal scorers to to live. He was married to Giannina. Giannina, the one who said, "Yeah, only three more to a to yeah. an all Maradona eleven. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I actually, I don't know how I missed that, but I had no idea. I was kind of sitting on it because I <laughs> you thought, thought I was going to bring it you up. You were going to bring it up because I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty like significant, um, relation. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's definitely a thing. Yeah. So but yeah, he yeah, has, pretty wild. so he has eight definite children with a probable ninth and a possible 10th. Um, ranging from the ages of, I believe, Diego, the first Diego, is 33 years old right now. Uh-huh. 34, 30, 33, 34. Okay. Um, and his young, the to, to all the way down to the youngest Diego, who is seven. Wow. So... Soccer-wise, he missed on his first couple kids, kind of. I mean, his his... His second, his third, or his second daughter, his third child, got married to Sergio Aguero. So let's not yeah. really missing on soccer. Let's, I mean, let's let's be honest. But there's still plenty of opportunity. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Cuba becomes a Concacaf powerhouse on the back of a bunch of Maradonas. Oh, that would be so weird. That would be wild. Oh Could you imagine gosh. that? That would be weird. That'd be but kind of, kind that, of awesome. That'd be funny. It would be. It would be funny. I hope so. I, like, I hope those kids can be successful after the... I I mean, like, especially, like, growing up in Cuba and then also, like, having a father who neglected you. And, it wasn't... Well, I mean, and, it was and, just and, never there. Yeah, didn't even neglect you. He just, like, didn't even acknowledge you. Well, that's... I Your mean, whole like, the, life. The, I mean, whole, the whole story is, like, 
it seems like a Greek myth. Yeah. Like it's like yeah. it seems like it seems He's like, like Zeus. Yeah, like, like Zeus going around sleeping with women and then like all of a sudden you see all these demigods popping up. <laughs> Hercules is like, Hey, I'm your son and Zeus is like, uh, uh what? I don't I don't I don't know. Kind of thing. It's like I can control lightning like you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Yike. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, gosh. I mean, like it is. I mean, there is a, and like the other weird thing was that was was uh, the way that his his lawyer talked. He's like, "Oh, my friends in Cuba, they laugh and say like, oh yeah, Diego's children. Everybody in Cuba knows. Oh yeah, like everybody, everybody, everybody around them, like, oh yeah, your dad's Diego Maradona. <laughs> You've never met him, kind of thing. Like, like that's the vibe that gave. Yeah, like oh, oof, gosh. that sucks. Yeah, it does. That is unfortunate. That suck. But thank you for that story. Yeah, dude. On the the many, many children of Diego Maradona. That's one that I've actually been sitting on. When we first started this podcast, and I was just like, kind of like typing out a bunch of ideas on my phone. Yeah. Because that was relatively close to the time when the, the story of all the Cuban kids broke. Uh, and I remember I had read that only like a couple months before in a random page or a yeah. Twitter or something like that. And I remember I had like jotted that down as a note of like a possible story and I didn't do it for so long because I was wondering if there would be enough content for an actual story. Yeah. But I decided to bust it out. You you whipped it out, and dude. here we are. <laughs> you totally did it. <sighs> and, and we are all the better for it. And on that note... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so oh, much gosh. for listening to this episode of the podcast. Despite the fact that we are two dumb, dumb people. <laughs> oh, man. If you want to support our podcast or continue to follow us, the first thing that you can do is leave a rating and review for us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out probably the most of anything that you could do. If you want to follow us along still, we have social media accounts at DeadBallPod on Twitter, on Instagram. We're on Facebook. If you want to email us with any suggestions, comments, corrections, Words of affirmation, possibly, if you want. Oh, if you want to leave us yes. something nice. Uh, you can email us at deadballpod at gmail.com. And if you would like to purchase any merchandise, because we have a couple t-shirts, uh, a long sleeve shirt, a hoodie, that sort of thing, uh, you can find our Teespring store via the link in the description below the podcast. And I think that is everything. Yeah, I think you crushed it. So... On behalf of everybody that is currently in Drew's apartment. Yes. My name is Adam Whitaker Snavely. And I'm Drew. Drew's wife Meredith's in the back, but she's not here, so we're just going to say bye from her as well. <laughs> we love you very much, platonically always, and we will see you next time. <laughs>